Oh. <laughs> I know how the internet works. Internet boyfriends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Internet Boyfriends. I am Joey, and with me as always is the Mordecai to my Rigby, <laughs> Ryan. Hey. Did you guess the right one? I, I do that to you think, yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it might actually be the other way around. No way. How is it the other way around? I just, I just sort of feel like it is. I feel like I, I feel feel like we once upon a time it was that way, and I feel like we've switched. I, I feel, I feel you becoming more cool. Mordecai and me becoming more Rigby as time goes on. Stop talking! <laughs> <laughs> and with us, uh, we have another special guest. Is Lauren? And I don't ahoy, know. Ahoy. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. If, if I felt bad giving Lauren really any of the characters. <laughs> that means she's. <laughs> what is the reference, though? I, you're going to have to explain. It's right from regular show. The main two characters is it's a, a tall, kind of passive blue jay, and a short, angry <laughs> raccoon. Yeah. Uh, are the two main characters of of regular show, and. Like, because I showed you a, I showed you a screen cap of a regular show, and immediately you picked mm-hmm. yourself out as Eileen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably the most accurate. Well, but I was, I was trying to give her a compliment. I was like, she seemed <laughs> when I was talking to Lauren, after Lauren got back from from Ecuador, and we were talking about just things in general. She was kind of you were for there was at least six hours where you were very kind of like chill and relaxed, and you were talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna you know, get a new job and hang out for the summer and like, I'm going to go do some traveling. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, you remind me of, you know, this character from regular show. And I showed her a screen cap of regular show. And immediately she's like, I, the one with the snakes on her. That's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, all right. Well, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, so this is episode 40. Uh, one of those Muppets that sits in the box seats. And... <laughs> yes. See, I remember, I remember what we talk about. No one else understands what the hell I'm talking about, but at least you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're going to yes. talk about we're talking Lauren. Yeah, well, uh, Lauren, uh, I think we might get to this. Might Do you feel like discussing that later in the episode? Or is that something you want to leave? Okay. I didn't know if that was like a, a private thing that you were just like, look yeah. at this jack bag. Yeah. So... <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. So, uh, Lauren, who are you and, and why are you one of your boyfriends with us? Um, I'm a girl. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I've been uh, friendly online with you guys for a number of years. And um, I think originally, maybe... Joey, were you on the IA fanboy? No. Thing? Yeah. No. It's my fault, too. You guys all know him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, way to go. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't... I didn't mean to drive you into like an existential crisis. I was just trying to like <laughs> feel up, like like how how did you end up in Ecuador? Was my main like... oh, okay? I can do that. I need a little bit more direction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I. Lord's a friend um, of ours. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I've been employed for about the past year. Um. As an insect physiologist, studying I guess hypoxia and thermal tolerance in different aquatic insects in Colorado here in this in the mountain streams here and then also in Ecuador so that way there can be a um not only an elevational sort of gradient for comparison but also like a latitude um latitude based gradient for comparison which is important to kind of ha- like uh have many factors to kind of 
put against each other when doing any sort of science in general. So that's why I ended up down in Ecuador is that I had to do the second half of the study. Yeah, I don't know. That's a mouthful. No, I understand. No, no, no. That, yeah, no, that's, that's good. <laughs> so that brought you down to Ecuador. Yeah, it definitely did um, to the, the Andes of Ecuador. So in specific, um, because Ecuador is this sort of fun country where it has coastal environments. It has um, mountains um, like uh, the Andes and then it also has the Amazon, which is the jungle. So it kind of has all of those things. And there's one more I'm sure I'm forgetting because I feel like there's four different environments that they have there. But I was specifically studying um, the streams of the Andes. Okay. So yeah. you ended up in the middle of nowhere in Ecuador, basically, for weeks at a time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I spent most of my time on the eastern slope of the Andes, not the western slope. So on the same side as the Amazon, um, and but still on the slopes. So um, like in the mountain areas in a town called Baeza, um, which is, oddly enough, a whitewater rafting um, mecca. <laughs> So I actually met a bunch of people from around the world who were staying in this small town, um, including a bunch of um, gringos and gringas, um, which is strange to imagine. But they were all like these hippie types that would go out and, you know, go to Ecuador and, I don't know, ecotourism around for two yeah. fucking weeks and go home or whatever. But, yeah. Well, you were saying apparently news to us is that Ecuador has a booming tourism board. <laughs> yeah, they really do. So obviously the Amazon, I mean – Everyone's heard of people going to the Amazon um, for whatever reasons. Um, one of the like five main or five like official um, entry points to the Amazon is in Ecuador. Um, and then obviously the Andes are um, good for mountaineering types and stuff like that. Um, there's a bunch of volcanoes, active volcanoes there. Um, and one actually did erupt, um, but I wasn't at the volcano. I was supposed to be at the volcano and I wasn't, which is unfortunate because I wish I was there for it. But And then there's also Galapagos, which is, um, you know, famous islands everyone's kind of heard of off the coast of Ecuador, um, and they have their coastal um, sort of tourism based off of that too. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, so you're in Ecuador. You're you're out in the field, and you were out there. You were saying for like how how long in a stretch were you out in? The... Um, it kind of all depended on. Um, in the beginning, it was shorter stretches, and then in the end, it was longer. Um, sometimes a month. I think was the longest. Jesus. Maybe. Well, whatever. You know. <laughs> and that was that was your whole. You you were talking to me about this. Obviously, the whole setup for this internet boyfriends. You and I have been talking quite a bit about this. And you were saying you had like three changes of clothing. Yeah. And yeah, a, a busted up truck. And yeah. yeah. So basically. Ecuador, they only, um, well, I originally was supposed to leave uh, earlier than I did. I left like the second week in January-ish, let's say. Um, and then Ecuador put a luggage embargo on um, the quantity of luggage that anybody can take into the country. Um, so then we had to change our, our um, flight till uh, after the embargo was over. But then what? they don't make me, yeah, it's so weird. I don't know why or how, but the Ecuadorian government's very, um, they don't behave in a logical manner sometimes. Um, and I think it's because I don't understand their political motivations. I don't know. I'm sure there's a valid reason and whatever. But as a person going in, you know, they're not very sensitive to uh, scientists, even though I'm there like on a, not official business, you know, but like like some sort of official capacity. I'm not just some, you know, gringa yokel coming down to fuck around and, you know, take advantage of their whatever economy. I don't know. But 
Um, so we only were allowed two checked bags each and a carry-on. So all of my um, checked bag um, baggage had to be my laboratory that I brought down with me. So I wasn't actually able to um, carry much in the way of personal effects, including clothes. So I only had a few changes of clothes for the entire time I was down there. And I mean, I, you get used to it, I guess. I don't know. It's so weird. I've been back now and I kind of find myself gravitating towards those same outfits. <laughs> so I, like I assume they're cleaner than they were there, though. What was that? I assume they're cleaner at this point than they were there. Yes, they actually are, which is amazing um, because the laundry was few and far between. Yeah. So I, well, I would hand wash things and then hang them up, obviously. But, you know, after three months of that, it's like, rah, rah. Yeah. yeah. And so I adopted this general policy of you wear something for two days and then switch two days and then switch. Now I'm talking two days straight. So I would wake up, I would put the outfit on after taking a shower or whatever, you know, and we're talking like pants and a fucking t-shirt, nothing like special. And then I would wear it to bed that night. I would wear it the next morning. I wouldn't change, literally would not change. I mean, I would change like my underwear and shit, you know, like I'm not that gross, but like I wouldn't change like the actual clothes that I was wearing at all. And I found myself doing that back while well, I'm back in the States too. It's like, oh yeah, I don't wear that yesterday. I can wear it again today. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I that's I think a lot of Americans and that's kind of why I want to talk about this. I think a lot of Americans don't really understand the concept of like if you have, you know, three pairs of jeans, you know, three T-shirts or whatever you have, you know, you basically have a very simple, maybe or even like a cartoon character, like a, like a Bart Simpson type style wardrobe of where every morning you wake up and it's the same same pair of shorts, same same yeah. T-shirt every single day. And to me, I like that. Because it, it it frees me up. Like I know I know I know what I have to wear in the morning. Like I'm fully aware of what I have to wear. Like I, it's this shirt, those pants. Like every single day, I just am very You're it, like monk. It, yeah, or, or or Hank Moody, whichever you know, <laughs> whatever 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 horrible comparison you want to have there. But but I, I just yeah, I just feel I don't know. I I'm, I'm with you. I feel that there's something kind of liberating or or or, or sim- rightfully simplistic about getting dressed in the morning especially considering you know well with, it, i like i wear the same pants for days in a row easy well not necessarily yeah. saying the same clothes wearing the same the same articles of clothing over i'm saying just like having like very basic like like all of my clothing tends to be you know nowadays tends to be very basic you know when i was younger i used to be like ah, oh, like i got all my shirts from threadless or whatever and i have to have a fashion statement nowadays i'm just like you know black shirt fit? jeans i don't care yeah, that, a, yeah, exactly. Does it fit? How many holes are in it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a bunch of fucking work trying to keep up with what people are wearing, what they care about you're wearing, and like what you look like, and if you look like you should look. Fuck that. I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? That's one thing I have learned um, being in Ecuador. It's like it's a waste of energy and time. And do I smell? No. Cool. Um, are there holes that people can see and they will comment on? No. Cool. I like you the addition of and they will comment on. Yeah. Yeah, they can see it, but it's in an okay place. That's fine, because I feel the same way. Yeah, (laughs) I was gonna say that is the best possible conversation we could start with anyone who goes to a comic convention ever. Is (laughs) I understand. Here's this checklist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that you really are excited about wearing that that shirt that you know that like that Green Lantern shirt that you picked out today. But it's way more important that you you know shower and don't smell and don't have holes in your clothing. (laughs) Like you know, like your lucky T-shirt is a a distant what ninth I think on that list of probably things you should pay attention to. Hygiene is definitely yeah yeah. So so you you ended you you're at Ecuador you. We're, we're out there with your clothes acting like basically the best the best comparison I have is like an astronaut 
Uh, and I think it's just because I really don't know. I, every, I've related everything to astronauts. Is ever, like a, that idea of where I, I don't really know a whole lot of people who are forced to wear the same clothing over and over again, except for astronauts. So oh, yeah. that's the first. Yeah, that's the first thing I think of. Well, because apparent, apparently this is something I never knew before I you know learned about astronauts. I, well, really, my whole life is one big journey of learning about astronauts. But uh, apparently, you can destroy your clothing simply by wearing it because just over time, you're so your body is so gross that you yeah. just yeah, that's yeah. that's really something. That's yep. Anyways, that that's a complete random aside because you know yeah, <laughs> you're not only concerned about astronauts, you're concerned about Lauren. This episode's about Lauren. So so what what was it like? You have any good stories from Ecuador? I'll tell you guys the one that I usually tell because usually people I mean obviously I have lots of good stories every story is a good story right at least that's what I think because I lived it but um people usually ask me like oh so what's the most exciting thing that happened and you know rather than tell them about how I you know um went birding a lot and saw the elusive you know like blue-footed booby or whatever and shit that people don't necessarily care about that you know like what I had to what's do a to bird <laughs> who's not as, who's not interested in blue-footed boobies come on yeah so but this Story. This is my air quotes most interesting story. Um, although it's a close second for other ones, but I did actually. Um, this story takes place um, during the pursuit of birds. Um, I had um, hired a, a guy, me and some people I was traveling with on the coast. Um, we were in a town called Puerto Lopez, um, and I had hired this guy. Um, we had um, to take us birding, and he just seemed like he was a bird nerd. And I, um, he was our guide on an island tour the day previous, um, where I did see these boobies he's the one who took me to see them but anyway so um we were um he had a friend of his pick us up at like i don't know like five in the morning and we ride out to this national park that um kind of near puerto lopez and we bird all morning long do to do you know like whatever and so it's like around noon and we're all exhausted because you know you're hiking up a mountain you're like spending a lot of time standing around looking at things you know birding is not for the faint of heart and whatever else so we were, um, you laugh, kind sir. Well, but... birding in Ecuador is silly enough for the fan of heart. Yeah. yeah. Well, I birded here one time, and I stood out in minus five temperature for a few hours to look at a bird that flew down from Canada that hadn't been here ever before. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, it can definitely be very, you know, um, taxing. But anyway, so we're headed back to Puerto Lopez, and all of a sudden we get pulled over, and... Um, I don't know, I can't speak for the rest of South America, um, but they pulled over everybody and they were um, anti-narcotico um, officers, which means that they were um, in full like militant regalia. They had machine guns. They were looking for specific drug runners. And a lot of things down there are reduced to, okay, are you hauling massive amounts of cocaine or pot? Um, no. Okay. I don't give a shit who you are and what you're fucking doing. Just get out of my face, you know? So they kind of have it down to like a weed out process. Well, I'd forgotten to bring my passport like a jackass. Um, so I was really nervous that they would actually ask me for my identification um, because on the Eastern slope, every time I got pulled over like that, they always wanted my passport immediately. But I was way closer to Columbia and on the road where all the drug runners go, you know, whatever. But so these guys like, I don't even know. They like start like tearing apart this truck that we were in. And my boss, she's, she looks at me and she goes, are, are those real guns? I'm like, uh-huh. I mean, these guys are just like, <laughs> listen, machine guns. Like, oh, I need to lean into this truck. Let me toss this thing, you know, it's on a, like a shoulder strap. He just tosses it on his, you know, to the back of them. There's like guns clanging around everywhere. Dudes are standing around. And like they had two or three dudes that were like, you know, like 
guarding you, air quotes, you know, like while they're searching your vehicle. So there's like two or three dudes standing near you with like their gun, not on the trigger, but like in their hands and both hands, you know, like ready and like to go. And all like this one guy looking through the truck had to do would, be, you know, would, would be to say something like, oh, you know, like, oh, fuck them. And then he'd be like, you know, like, so like it was a very, um, I think the most surreal experience that I've had birding ever was um, being uh, investigated by the anti-narcotico officers. I don't know. Yeah, that would be stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Like, it, it surprisingly wasn't because, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? You know, he, this guy wins. He's got the machine gun. I don't win. Like, so, I mean, the situation was out of my control. I mean, I wasn't doing anything illegal, but this guy that I hired, I mean, the thought did run through my head. I hired him, you know, based off of cash and he has his yokel friend driving us, you know, yeah. I don't know two fucks. What are they doing? What are they up to? I don't know. You know, so the thought did kind of run through my head that I might be killed because I just decided to go birding with somebody who seemed to know like what they were talking about. Yeah. It's like you said, birding's no joke. It's no joke, man. It's hardcore. <laughs> I did um, cross about 47 species off my life list that day or add them to my life list. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. 47 new species in one day. It was awesome. Huh. Yeah. So I don't want to mislead anyone listening to this episode. There was a very clear reason why I wanted to have this episode, even why this episode is named the way it is. And it's because you experienced, and I don't use this word lightly, epic culture shock coming back from the middle of nowhere in Ecuador all the way back to America. And it started actually in Ecuador, as you said, with that taxi driver, right? When I, my boss, okay, yeah. So... (laughs) I, we'd gotten back um, into Quito. We'd uh, broken down the lab, moved everything back to like this hostel slash apartment that we um, had rented for every time we had business in town, we could just have a place to crash, mm-hmm. you know, and it was stable and secure and we could store stuff there, like whatever. So we'd gone somewhere. I forget where we'd gone and we were on our way back and it was the cab, the cabs there or the taxis are very, um, uh, on the sketch side of things, you always have to negotiate prices before you get in because if you don't, they won't let you out until you pay them whatever quantity that they deem appropriate. Um, they uh, sometimes, if you get, they call them gypsies. It's not my word; it's the local um, local vernacular. Um, if you get a gypsy taxi, then they um, they sometimes will take you um, to like a remote ATM at gunpoint and have you withdraw like your maximum daily amount before they let you go, um, if they let you go. I mean, so like taking a taxi is a little bit more inclement in, in Quito than it is, let's say, in like New York or wherever, Denver, I don't know, wherever the fuck you're going to take a taxi. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so you always have to kind of, it's almost like that brief interview period when you're negotiating the price, you kind of size up the guy and then you decide, you know what I mean? Like if it's, like if he's cool or not, if you're going to risk your life and, you know, all your cash or whatever to getting in this, you know, man's vehicle. So my boss and I decided to get in this car and I don't know, maybe we had been drinking. Maybe we had a few beers. I don't know why we just missed the mark, but this guy was, um, he was so super sketchy. Like he was very, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, when you get feelings in your gut and like something's not fucking right here, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know that something's not right and something's not cool. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to shut my mouth and not going to not do anything about it. Because if I, if I do nothing, then I'm dead. Worst case scenario, right? If I, if I, you know, if I say something, I might be annoying or be perceived as overreactionary or whatever the word 
you know, whatever you want to say, but I'd rather be an annoying bitch than be dead. So there's that. Right. So sure. sitting there and I'm like thinking in my head, I'm sitting behind the driver and my boss is, um, and for the record, my boss is like maybe four feet nine and like 90 pounds and she's from India. So like, she's very, very tiny. And I mean, she's, you know, got a tough spirit and all that, but you know, like physically not so threatening, you know, let's just say. So my boss is sitting next to me and <laughs> we're like, okay and I'm thinking in my head okay I'm like what the fuck am I gonna do like okay so we're coming up to our stop you know like we're getting close to it and if this guy's gonna do some shit all he has to do is keep on going down this cobblestone street and then he's gonna hit this this highway and then fuck it we're gone you know I mean we could be anywhere after that you know because he's tapping into like a main network of in the city where you don't have to stop at lights and stuff like that like whatever so it's not like I could jump out of the car or anything you know so I'm like all right I have like half a mile to figure out what my plan of action is going to be. And I'm like, what am I going to say to my boss? I don't have a phone, you know, so I can't like, like talk to her, but then this guy doesn't really speak English. And then before you know it, my boss, we were like joking around or like whatever. She still had like the same like light tone in her voice. And she was still like, you know, um, like whatever. And she's like, you, you can, you can fucking tear this, this guy apart. Right. Lauren, like, you know, if there's a problem, <laughs> she just knew too. She felt it also. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is fucking real. So then I'm, I was like, yeah, don't even worry about it. I got this shit, you know, I'm like, whatever. You know, we're just talking like we're talking about like lighthearted shit. And then I was like, fuck. So then I came up with a plan to like get his seatbelt and like strangle him. And I was like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> worst case scenario is like, okay, we're going to fucking crash the car into the cliff. Hopefully he didn't go off the cliff. Hopefully he goes into the upside of the cliff. And, you know, I might break a bone or something, but at least I'm alive. And I'm like, oh my God. And I think this guy... I don't know if he like sensed it or if we were both overreacting without actually communicating to each other, but he ended up dropping us off and like at the right place and everything was fine. Like, you know, there was no, there was no nothing's nothing, but it was like, this. I couldn't believe to me, it was, it was strange that she and I both came to the same same conclusion without speaking. So I don't know. I think that is that what you were referring to? Yes, that was right okay. now. I think that that guy is on a podcast in Ecuador telling a story about these two girls that were going to strangle him with a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she didn't have a plan. Like, I didn't tell her. Like, nobody knew. I mean, I told her maybe afterwards. I can't remember. But yeah, I definitely was like, okay, I need to come up with like an attack plan. And, you know, like if he has a gun, if he doesn't, you know, just all these things that run through your head. But it's kind of, it's so different down there. You know, it's not like, life is cheap like how it is in um in africa for example you know and most of the crimes are crimes of convenience but at the same time it's like you know i don't know you kind of flip into survival mode and go from there i guess i don't know yeah no no i i think that's the logical way to deal i'm not i'm not making fun of your uh, your reaction to what was happening if i was in there i probably would have just started with strangling the guy with his seatbelt and being like let me out of here what are you doing i don't know <laughs> this seems sketchy <laughs> i don't know how to express my emotions right properly please just let me out of the cab I, from living in newark in 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 jersey here yeah i I know that that's that's a time-honored tradition of newark a a cab shows up you immediately have to do the ocular pat down on the person who's driving the cab of like all right is this person you know what's going on here and then you know proceed to like negotiate a rate with the person like you know five dollars bring me here to there it's like that's none of this is how cabs should work but hey that's yeah 
That's yeah. the way it is. So you went from the wilderness to Quito, Quito to what was after Quito? Houston. Houston. How did you end up? Well, I mean, I know the answer is a plane, but how did you end up in Houston? <laughs> What? I don't understand what you're Layo- asking. Layo- Layo- was it a layover? Were you oh, yeah, which sure. there for? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had, um, well, and this is uh, like one of the biggest, um, like, really, you can't even fucking do me a solid world, like moments that I had. Um, I ended up getting my ticket upgraded to first class. And, um, nice. But, yeah, on the way from Quito to Houston. And so it was like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like a 15 hour flight. It's maybe like six maximum, but whatever. And it was an overnight flight, you know? So I think I left Quito like at 1150 PM or something, you know? So it was like, really, I've never flown, you know, first class before. This is going to be the best nap ever. Right. Like, <laughs> like the best nap ever. I picture them bring me like these hot towels, maybe like a little nightcap to send me off into slumberlandia, you know, like whatever. So I sit, I'm sitting there and the guy in front of me is like, he like kind of walks into like my aisle and he's like standing there and he's like jostling some shit around, figuring out what the hell he's going to do with his fucking luggage. I don't know. And so some people do that. They want to get out of the way because you don't know if, you know, the person behind you is going to be in first class or if they're going to go back to the, the economy seats. So I figured he just dipped out of the way and he was waiting. So I was standing there and he looks at me and he's like, Oh, are you sitting here too? And I'm like, uh huh. And he's like, well, you should have said something. And I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> fine, but no, okay, fine, let me in. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just have got to get in there. And this guy, he was from the States. Um, so he seemed like he'd be nice enough, but he was very obnoxiously, like, he was one of those people you could tell he was like saying like his quirky things to the crowd to get the response, not actually talking to me. You know, people like that where they do that whole thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't been exposed to this in months. Like, you know, cause people don't do that in Ecuador at all. So I'm like, Oh, okay, well this isn't so bad. I can do this, you know, like whatever. So then he starts complaining about like the quality of like the seats and like how first class has gone downhill and about how much United sucks dick and all this shit. Then he tries to convince like the stewardess, to take some champagne to like back to some chicken that he thought was hot in like the economy <laughs> area. Yeah. And the stewardess is like, um, or a flight attendant. I don't know what the proper nomenclature is. She's like, um, yeah, sir. I'm sorry, but we don't allow anything to go from first class into the back. So like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, like whatever. So this guy, I mean, and this shouldn't be um, anything more than anecdotal, but unfortunately for this story, it is. He, um, is extremely overweight, um, which I think also is a, a calling card of people from the States um, in general. You know, I think by and large, they're a little bit larger than by and large. <laughs> um, I think that they're a little bit larger than a lot of other people out there. So he was so large. And I just, I don't know. I, I was just like, okay, okay, fine. You have to get used to that. Cause that's how it's going to be. Even though in Colorado, I mean, let's be honest, you know, like that's not here at all. Like people here are generally not overweight and, um, uh, whatever, but in other parts of the country and I'm heading to Houston. I mean, it's fucking Texas, you know? So, yeah. Like, okay. yeah. so I like get like my pillow and I start to like, you know, nestle down for like a little nap, you know, like whatever. And this motherfucker, I don't know. He starts, I think he falls asleep cause I hear him snoring, but he was so large that somehow he took up half of my seat and his seat. Now, I don't know if you guys, you know, have the vision of first class in your head, but the fucking seats are huge. Like, and like the armrest between the two, like it's not even like he could spill over out of his seat into my seat. But what happened was he was somehow 
like paradoxically occupying half my space and his space. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know what? You don't even need that space anyway. It'll be okay. Like, like maybe you want your space and you want to be able to like, you know, toss and turn a little bit, you know, without hitting another human being for once, like whatever, you know, but fine. Just let him have it. Like whatever. Wrong move. Like, well, first of all, he wakes up and then he orders like the sea bass dinner because I guess you get free food and liquor on in first class. I don't know. Yes. This guy's eating like a full fucking like, I don't know, like three course meal with silverware and like a fucking plate, you know, like at 1 a.m. And in my head, I'm like, buddy, you don't need fucking sea bass at 1 a.m. Really? Like, I mean, did you save like your dinner for the flight or something? I don't, you know, like I don't, I mean, I don't know his history. I don't know why or what. I mean, maybe he just loves fucking free sea bass. I have no clue, but I was like, like the clanking of his silverware on the plate with the thing. I'm like, fuck, man, I just want to sleep. Like, you know, so he goes back to sleep. And then next thing you know, he's like, like touching me somehow. And so I'm like, I'm like, no, this is not going to fucking work for me. You know what I mean? So he had like a pillow, like propped underneath his arm, which was the offending body part that was in my, you know, my seat. And I just fucking like yanked it, you know, I, I'm still passive aggressive, but I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is so not cool. And he would like wake up a little bit and be like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, oh, so I didn't even actually sleep the entire flight to Houston, um, which is unfortunate because I feel like first class and, you know, it's an overnight flight. It would have been cool. Are you allowed to take an action that's actually aggressive on a plane nowadays? I assumed I assumed everyone had to act in a completely passive aggressive manner to be like smiling like, "Yes, I'm I was the one that took your pillow. I was the one that woke you up. What are you going to do about it? Nothing that's right because we can't actually get in each other's face because we're going to end up in yeah. some sort of security thing getting, you know, body cavity searched about 10 seconds after this plane la- this plane lands." So, well, my yeah. whole thing was that like I don't like, I didn't want to, it's so strange. Well, first of all, the guy had lots of money and he definitely didn't give a shit about anybody else's, you know, existence yeah. except for his own, clearly. Again, he's American. In the <laughs> exactly. So it was like, okay, fine. And then it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Fucking complain? Like, what am I, what am I, this guy? Like, I'm not going to complain. You know what I mean? Like, I can get by with the bare minimum. Clearly I have been, you know, like I'm, I'm fine, like being inconvenienced by someone else. Okay, fine. You know what I mean? Like, I just wasn't ready to start yeah. that whole like complainy, you know, squeaky wheel, you know, like, oh, I need space, you know, like bullshit of, you know, the, the modern countries of the States. I don't know. I just wasn't ready to take up the mantle of my country yet. Will you, will you, I, I think that you, right in that moment, you found the two people, two types of people that represent America. People always wonder why Americans are so loud and obnoxious. It's not because all Americans are loud and obnoxious. It's because a lot of Americans are loud and obnoxious, and the rest of us have to just go, I don't fucking know him. I don't know that guy. That guy's yeah. a piece of shit. Like, I'm just, you know, like just clenched teeth smiling, like, yeah, it's fine. It's wonderful. It's great. Because I don't want to be the guy that complains. Because usually in America, if you complain, you lose. Like, well, yeah. or if you, if you complain politely, like, you know, hey, could you please do this for me? Oh, yeah. no. 
you know, you automatically lose. You said something, but then the complete other side of that is you complain in such a way that, like, like that guy. If you said anything, I'm sure that guy, his response would have been standing up in first class, going, "Huh, well, you don't belong here in first class. You know, you got a free yeah. upgrade. Like, I paid for this seat. I'm loud and obnoxious, and there I automatically oh, win this argument. Yeah, well, I paid this is why for I get shit house yeah. when I fly. By the way, I get every time I fly, <laughs> I get so unbelievably drunk. Like I get, I get back in college drunk when I fly because I learned that. Yeah, I I learned that every airport I've been to and every airport that I basically plan to go to, I know where all the bars are. I know I ask ahead and I talk to people and I always make sure that I can get just completely shit house. The booze are just uh, so expensive at the at the airport. Yeah. I just well, can't. You know, I, I don't. I like flying enough that I don't need to spend so much. And I like booze a lot, but like. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to spend anywhere near that much to get drunk to fly. It's just ridiculous. Like it's coming from New York, coming from New York, where it's twelve bucks for a beer. Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty much okay with whatever. The, oh, you're the airport's going to charge me eleven dollars. <laughs> All right, that's a fucking discount to me. So I've never. I I pretty much build that into my ticket because I always fly coach anyway. So I automatically build in getting drunk into my ticket uh usually going there and and it's always and it's always in the morning i always fly in the morning so i I always fly wherever i'm going early in the day so i always look like a functioning alcoholic because (laughs) i I show up i'm like how can i get drunk at you know seven o'clock in the morning and then just keep on drinking until wherever i go there was there was something on the internet related to this apparently i mean i don't know if this is true or not but like, since you can you can bring liquids if it's only an ounce of liquid or whatever, or three ounce bottles of liquid. If you have little bottles of booze, like someone t- took the little like plastic bottles you used to put shampoo in and put booze into them. Since yeah. it's under the actual limit you can take, you can just brought one to play with no problem. I don't know if it is true or not, but I've been very tempted to try ever since. Oh please do! I want to know. I want no, no, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, no, 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 no. I'm Maybe a domestic flight. I think you need to try. <laughs> Maybe on a domestic flight. Yeah. Nothing crosses the border. Huh. Well, all right. Next time I have a domestic flight, I will try that as well. Worst case scenario, I'm throwing out one or two tiny bottles of booze because even though even those bottles are like they start at five dollars for one of those bottles if you buy them on the plane. So yeah, yep, yeah, not a fan. Like I, I've I've actually kind of wondered because I know certain airports you can go to the duty free shop or the you know wherever you know where yeah. they sell bottles of alcohol, and I've often thought of that of buying a bottle of alcohol in the airport and just. But I figured that was like <laughs> I, you know I figured that's the day I get ejected from the flight. Like you know like all these like celebrity stories of like someone getting too drunk on a plane. Like that's that's gonna be me. Like, that I'll be that guy if I ended up buying a. I know, like, like, a like I've, I've bought booze at the duty free before. Like coming over from Mexico, I bought a couple bottles of tequila at the duty free. I never even thought of opening them. Yeah, I, I, but like, if I finished one, I'd be one less to declare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not that I can finish a total like a forty ounces of tequila in a flight. But yeah. like, <laughs> Depends how long the flight is. <laughs> it would have to be a very long flight for me not to be kicked, like <laughs> literally thrown off the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also because the other thing too that you you brought up at the very start of this that it's expensive to drink uh, when you fly. Actually, it's less expensive than you think because it's really easy to get drunk on planes. I get drunk True. twice as fast on planes. Well, because- let me not have Lauren, who's in Colorado, though. She might have adapted. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But in, in Quito, it's twice as high as Fort Collins. Oh, so, so that's like your Colorado. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. So you, you got drunk in Quito a lot is what you're <laughs> the whole point of this. Maybe. Is that what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 
get back, getting back on track. So now you're you're flying into Houston. You're back in the states. Yeah. And how did you do in the airport? <laughs> okay. Well. Well, first of all, I mentioned that the fucking I saw a Cinnabon in Quito at the airport. There, I didn't even have to get back to the states to like get the junk food already. You know, crammed down the throat, or whatever. But is um, it wrong that it's went mm, Cinnabon in my head? <laughs> What's that? Is it wrong that it's what mm, Cinnabon in my head? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> not if that's delicious to you, it's not. Um, but I actually didn't sleep at all in my layover in Houston. Um, I didn't sleep until I, uh, well, I didn't even sleep when I got back to Fort Collins until like 2 a.m. the next day. But that's a whole other story. But um, so I, um, I just coffeeed up when I got to Houston. And then I noticed. And it's still, it's fading now. It's almost all the way gone now, actually. This has been like the hugest um, difficulty that I've had coming back to the States, actually, which is it's something that's so slight but true. Like I, um, when I went to South America, I didn't speak fluent Spanish. Um, and I'm not proclaiming to now um, at all, but having spent months immersed in the language, I'm definitely a lot more fluent than I was when I left. And um so I, for me, like to like when I was in South America, if I hear people talking around me, I have to like focus on what they're saying, and then I can understand and then have a conversation. Or even if it's somebody like sitting near me in a restaurant or something, you know, like I would have to actually focus on what it is they have to, what it is they're speaking or what they're saying, and then I'm like, oh, okay, now I know what they're talking about, you know. Well, coming back to the states, immediately it was like this auditory like foghorn of like noise pollution because. I could just tune out the people who are, you know, having conversations around me in South America. But then in the States, you can't because it's like, oh, fuck, I know what they're saying. And I don't even have to try. You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you actually? This is a conversation that you're having, like, about nothing, you know, like, you're not actually saying there's no communication happening. You're just fucking talking, like, to hear yourself talk. It's like, I can't. What? Like, <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was very difficult for me to like just be constantly like barraged with conversations all the time about fuck shit that nobody cares about, you know? It was like I don't even know. How, I mean, are you guys like tracking what I'm saying? It's like hard. Yeah, well, to I, like I, I like I live in Quebec, so I hear French all the time, and my French is very good. Like not maybe not very good. It's not very good for here. It was very good for anywhere but here. Um, so maybe it's because I, I it's more fluent to me. That I don't notice the difference, but like I. I sort of find it relieving to go to somewhere where I don't have to do the mental processing all the time to figure out what people are saying. Or maybe yeah. I'm just more interested in what people are saying, so I'm listening more intently. So when I move to, like, Ottawa or Toronto or, like, somewhere I'm, where I'm in the States, and it's all English, I'm like, oh, I don't have to think as much now. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's, like, the opposite way. I know, that's what I'm saying. For me, it's sort of the opposite. Obviously, because I, I live in the other circumstance as opposed to have, like, was briefly in the other circumstance. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I think so, but I don't know. It's just so like I don't want to hear what you're saying. Like I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like persons standing or sitting, you know, two tables away from me in a restaurant. Like I don't care what you have to say. But now I can't help but hear it. It's like shut up. <laughs> you know? Like I don't know. Well, I I, I didn't chime in immediately because I highly recommend hearing damage. That would solve that problem because I don't have that problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Wait. So what? What? What's this hearing damage? I have. I can't hear very well. Uh, I can hear. Uh, I. I guess it was. I'm assuming because I've never been to a doctor to check this out because I 
I'm an asshole. I don't know. I don't know how to <laughs> explain that. But uh, yeah, ever since I was maybe 18, 19, whenever I started going to concerts, uh, I went to a lot of concerts very quickly because my parents never let me do anything as a teenager. So, you know, that's why if you see a picture of me between the ages of like 18 and, and 22, I always have a different color hair. Um, I'm, you know, he's always dressed like I, I walked out of like a nineties. Like I always, look, I always look like I walked out of hackers actually to be very specific. <laughs> I was like, just I walk, say that. Yeah. I walked out of hackers and that's, that's what, uh, that, that I always various costume changes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have hearing damage because of concerts. I'm assuming it's gotta be concerts and, and just loud noises or whatever. Uh, yeah. And I can't, I can hear, sounds uh that are non-human but when i go to a bar i'm fucked like when i go to a bar it just sounds like just noise to me it's just one big loud mess so i usually that's why that's actually my first coping mechanism to deal with that was uh smoking more because i i smoked a little bit of time and then i went to like a pack a day smoker because i realized i could immediately remove myself from a situation where it was loud by being like i want to go outside and get a cigarette let's go have a quiet talk out there so because whenever i go to a bar i'd spend pretty much most of my time in a bar would be going inside getting drinks and then immediately finding some way i could go outside away from people uh, and then and smoking for a while, so it'd be a drink, smoke, drink, smoke, back and forth, depending on the the bar. So, anyways, yeah, so so loud noises, <laughs> dealing with the immediate noisemakers that are Americans, uh, dealing with yeah. that, and then you had to integrate into our consumer culture again as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you sound thrilled. Well, I haven't. I've really tried to avoid it as much as possible i think since i've been back so i've been back like uh maybe a month now month or minus i don't know somewhere in there and i have um spent fifty dollars maybe yeah like fifty dollars on anything even food oh especially food yeah so Um, including food and everything you spent a total of fifty dollars in a month maybe a little more yeah that's impressive well because like i used to well first of all i got used to everything being so inexpensive you know, it's like, oh, how much is that head of lettuce? Twelve cents. Give me seven. Yeah. You know, like whatever. <laughs> so here it's like a dollar ninety nine for some fucking red leaf lettuce. Fuck you. You know, I'll just not eat it. Like, you know. So I've been very good about um uh about not spending money on shit that I think is inappropriate. You know, like I'm not gonna like I think I mentioned this on Twitter at one point. Like a dollar for a fucking avocado? No. And it's like tiny and disgusting. Like I'm not doing that. I can't do it. I mean, if they're on sale, three for a dollar, sure, I'll buy it, you know, but I don't know. And I mean, and that's not uh, my frugalness, if you will, has not um, been solely um, attitude. It's also been out of necessity because I um, haven't had, uh, I haven't worked since I've been back. And so I don't really have any money, which is, you know, you know, it's these times make you appreciate the times you do have money, which, you know, they're good for that. But at the same time, it's like you got to do a lot of juggling and a lot of like, you know, like whatever, like oh hey yeah, let's go out to dinner. Can you buy my dinner now? And then when I get a job, I'll take you out to dinner. You know, kind of thing. Damn. So, <laughs> you know, like a lot of that. My friends are very um, nice and very gracious. And that being said, I don't mind like going somewhere and hanging out and not like buying dinner. Damn. You know, like oh we're all gonna go to dinner. I'll have the free bread. Cool. Like you know, like <laughs> yeah. So. Well, there's also the, the other part of this, which is that you've been back for a month or so and you couldn't eat 
for a good chunk of it as well. No. Or you didn't want to eat for a good chunk no, of it. No, I couldn't. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. That also is a big influence on my food consumption. I um, yeah. I got a, a parasite um, while I was in Ecuador, um, and I didn't know what it was um, until I got back to the States. So I had it for, I don't know, like maybe a week in Ecuador, and then like three weeks here, maybe two and a half weeks here. I don't know. So right about a month anyways, before I... Um, like 28 days, let's say, before I um, actually saw a doctor for it because I had um, gotten to the point where um, I think it had a lot to do with the, how dry it is in Colorado and how um, uh, easy it is to get dehydrated here. Um, so I got like massively dehydrated and having to go into the emergency room, you know, like the whole nine, like, et cetera. Um, and it turns out that I um, uh, got giardia, which is an extremely common um, parasite to have in the States and in South America as well. I was worried that I'd gotten some weird, you know, um, unknown tropical Indian, you know. Something from house. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I was worried that I'd gotten one of those, um, which they would be categorically just a little harder to treat, I would think. But um, the one that I got is, uh, it's kind of easy to treat. It's a little persistent um, because it's uh, like it's a protesa. So it's like a eukaryotic organism, whereas something that's bacterial or viral, for example, those things will um, not only are they self-limiting, um, which is why I waited so long, you know, because I'm not a complainer and I'm a tough cookie kind of thing. You know, I would like to say my daddy didn't raise no Sally, but like I um I waited so long to see if it would be a self-limiting thing, um, and then it turns out it wasn't. So um, I, I don't think I could have gotten rid of it without um, the antibiotics, um, just the level of infection that I had um, in general. Although Giardia sometimes does um, go away, uh, but after like six to eight weeks, you know, and that's like two months of misery. It's like, fuck this, you know. But I couldn't, I was like hyper-nauseated. I couldn't even like drink water without, you know, um, being extremely nauseated. So I take one sip of water and have to wait like 30 minutes to like have my stomach settle down, you know? And so it got to the point where I just wasn't eating. I wasn't drinking, you know, et cetera. So, um, yeah. So I didn't really eat as much, I think as I should have, could have, whatever, you know, since I've been back, I don't know. Yeah. That was definitely a deciding factor. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Understood. I, understandably so i don't think anyone's gonna be like oh parasites perfect time to go to this buffet and then Some go <laughs> like oh this fool will not stay in my system at all it's perfect yeah right exactly well yeah. i did have um like malnutrition i still do actually um because this um particular parasite destroys your intestinal lining Ugh. so i'm now i've now been rendered lacto like super lactose intolerant um which i choose to systematically ignore because i like cheese um <laughs> But, uh, like, so I'm still having a trouble, like, with my nutrient um, uptake, which is so unfortunate because it's like, oh, you know, I mean, not that I want to gain back the weight that I may have lost from this parasite because there, you know, should be some residual benefit to it. But at the same time, I mean, like, I'm, I'm a bike rider. I ride my bike everywhere. I don't own a car, you know, and I have to go places and do things. And it's like, it's, it's tiring because I don't have the proper nutrition. So it's a little frustrating and whatever. I don't know really really this is this is your late loss plan parasites <laughs> no but i'm just saying there has to be some sort of re residual benefit to it i mean if i'm going to be fucking screwed with my intestines i might as well be able to drop a few of the old lbs that's what i think the residual benefit of you getting sick with parasites was me spending that afternoon reading about parasites and then poop transplants that was the benefit <laughs> See 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not have C. diff. Um, a friend of mine had C. diff before, and he um, he uh, told me about it because I was trying to like figure out what I may have, like whatever, you know. And I didn't figure it out on my own. Um, but yeah, I don't have C. diff. I had like weird symptoms. So like, um, like with Jaredia, like some of the weird like one-off symptoms, like your eyes just randomly swell for no reason, and uh, well, obviously for a reason, but you know, with no apparent reason. Um, and I had that happen. I'm like, why is this left eye fucking swollen for like 30 minutes? And now it's not like, what is going on? You know, like just weird shit like that, where it's like, what? Like, how did a parasite make me lactose intolerant and make my eyes swell? I don't get it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of weird, but I don't recommend Giardia for anybody. Um, no, and I don't recommend people waiting as long as I waited. I think I waited until it was a critical mass. Um, and I got lucky that I did go to the hospital. A friend made me go because she knows how what a stubborn jackass I am. She made me go. And I think if I would have waited even one more day, I would have been hospitalized for a long time. So, yeah. So what you're saying is if you have parasites, you should go to the hospital. No. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> That's not how the system of health care works in this fucking country. You go to your PCP or you go to the urgent care and then, you know, because it's not an emergency. I left myself to the point where it was an emergency because I was – severely severely dehydrated so it wasn't you know that shit can kill people you know like <laughs> no i know that's all i I'm, I'm having this immediate weird reaction of where i'm like oh that's deadly and horrible but at the same time i like your like eh, well you know if you, you really you should probably wait a while and you know whatever and maybe go see your doctor and but if it gets really bad you should go to the hospital or spend a while in the hospital and then eat as much cheese as possible because yeah. cheese is delicious Cheese is delicious. Like pizza? Who the fuck are you going to take pizza away from me, you asshole parasite? Fuck you. I'm eating pizza anyway. You know? There's pills you (laughs) can take for lactose intolerance. You take them before you eat. Yeah, the the, um, lactate. Lactate. Lactate, yeah, Yeah. because it it provides the lactase. Because that's what happens is my intestines can't produce lactase Mm. anymore um, until they grow back. And if they do, so it's like a, it's not known if it will be permanent or not. Um, so I'm just trying to expose my system to it as much as sure. possible, I feel like. So that way it can kind of... <laughs> to encourage it, like, you have to do something about this. Try to yeah, do something about this. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that time when I was afraid of being addicted to heroin, so I did a whole bunch of heroin <laughs> to stop my body from wanting it. <laughs> well, it's a cigarette thing. You, you make your kids smoke so many cigarettes, like, nope, never again. That would yeah. never that never would have worked on me because the the only way for me to stop smoking cigarettes was to stop smoking cigarettes. You just give me more cigarettes and I'm like this is awesome. This is exactly what I wanted. I I am I'm a glutton for these things. Give me more of this. Speaking I mean but speaking of gluttons, uh you actually went to Walmart as well. Oh, yes, I did. Um and I forget why. I didn't go there with like this cavalier like, oh, let's drive back into Americana. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like... I thought it was like a Clash Trip type thing. <laughs> it's sad that Walmart is now Americana. Yeah, it is sad. <sighs> anyway. Um, Are, do you have different. any better suggestions, Ryan? <laughs> well, no, but what's like, what's about time? Like, you think Americana it was like Main Street USA, lots of little shows. Like, you have this, like, I, I have this image of Americana as like small town America kitschy not kitschy but like simple homey and now it's walmart and fat people if you want to if you want three images of real america go to a small town i mean really i've I've been to champlain new york right across the border from the like from canada it is a small town and it is very much what you're describing no no, this okay so these are very specific things small town 
McDonald's, where it's the only restaurant in town. For, well, there, you know, the only, only restaurant for miles. Go there on a Friday night and see all the teenagers hanging out at McDonald's. The cool kids hang out at McDonald's. Then on Saturday morning, you go to a Home Depot and you just walk around there and, and walk at the look at the sad, sad fuckers that are getting dragged around Home Depot on a Saturday morning. And huh. then go to Walmart anytime you want. Doesn't matter. Walmart. <laughs> you go to Walmart at three o'clock in the morning on a Thursday, and you'd still get the same mental image that I, I want you to have. I Those love are that you can't go to Walmart twenty four hours a day here. You guys have Walmart there? Yep. But wow. they're they're open regular hours as opposed to crazy overnight um, hours. Okay. Although I think RVs can still park in the parking lots free of charge. I was yeah. going to ask. That's a very important question to answer. It is. It is. But yeah, so I went to Walmart, and it wasn't like a field trip thing. A friend of mine had to purchase something there, and it was like we were in the car, and it was something like, oh, I'll oh, just go to Walmart it's right here, you know, as opposed to, you know, anything else. And I don't even know. It was something. It wasn't like food or clothing or toiletries based. It was the other, like the hardware section or some shit. I don't know. Um but I just the people in that were in Walmart. Um, I mean, and I'm not using like this specific population as you know, like you know, there's that that classic oh people. I think there's a fucking website too, like people of Walmart, you yeah, know, like is. and then you know. But I kind of do feel like it's like it just to me it was a slice of the people in America, like a slice of the demographic of the people that are in the states. Do you know what I mean? Like it, that's what it represented to me at the time, not like that you know. That, it's a good I sample. Mean, for lack of, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, like these are the people that make up this country, you know? Like these are the people. This is these are my people. This is this is it, you know? And it, it I wasn't disappointed, I wasn't sad, but it was just like these this is very different than what I've been around, you know what I mean? Like and I'm like I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I forget. Joey, do you remember? I remember I sent you an email and said something, and I can't even remember. I, I do remember that email. You were talking about how all the clothing was scary to you because it was so bright and, and, and weird looking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every, everything, yeah, all the people were just kind of listlessly moping around, and, and yeah. it's just this weird, yeah, it, it really, everything about that kind of just seemed like the, like the Dawn of the Dead to me. Everything you said was just like, yeah, that's that's pretty much you, you did a really good description there of Dawn of the Dead just in real life and at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just like, I mean, you know, America is a, a consumerist society and culture. I mean, it has been since, I don't know, the fucking 20s or the 10s. I don't know. Like, and yeah. so this is like the the extrapolation of that, like to the extreme to like the nonsense, you know, like zombieing around fucking Walmart and wearing fuck shit. That's like, I mean... Everyone has their preference and their choice, and they can wear and, and suit, um, say and do whatever they want. You know, like that's part of the states. But at the same time, it's like, why are you buying that? You know what I mean? Like, what? I mean, like, I genuinely want to know. I'm not. I'm not undermining. You know what I mean? Like, what? What? Like, what? What, what is actually happening here? You know? Like, are you buying that for the sake of buying it? I mean, and I've done that before. You know? I mean, I just, I don't know. It was. I, I think all Americans, especially. Really, anybody under the age of, what, 70 at this point has had that moment where they're like, I think I deserve to own this, and (laughs) and therefore I'm going to buy it, yeah. Yeah. I've lost that touch, taste, whatever, impetus, I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, I've lost (laughs) that, which is good. So, um, 
um, really happy about that. <laughs> we have an entire part of our, our economy that's based off of that. Like pretty much the whole idea of that that fish that sings that you hang on your wall. That oh, the no other reason for that thing except yeah. I deserve to own that, and therefore it goes on my wall. Like, it's not it's not because you have good taste. It's not because you're particularly Ow. into fish. Uh, it's yeah. not even because you like singing your music. There's really no reason to own it besides this. I deserve that. I saw it at the store. And it it was a Christmas themed fish uh, that saying Christmas. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be fuck. It's fucking mine now. Yeah. Nobody else is mine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the way we are. That's the way it is. Yeah, I, I know. But I I I'm not trying to be cynical, or I'm not trying to put this out there as as like, ooh, Americans are so horrible and terrible. Um, because we could be arguably we could be way more terrible than we already are. Uh, I just I, mostly this uh, piqued my interest because I live in existential terror. I live in this this weird you know, like I'm very confused. I'm very we've discussed this before. Oh, yeah. well, I'm very confused. I'm, I'm very very mortified at my very existence. Uh, and I, and I also because when people when people point out the like the people at Walmart type shit. Or even when we go to Walmart and everyone's like, hey, look at that thing. You know, look at look at that over there. My first response is not, ha ha, look at that weird person. My first response is, that person votes. That person is part <laughs> of our active democracy. And you're making fun of them. And uh, Yeah, it makes me yeah. sad more than laugh. Like, I'm just like, oh, really? Yeah. That's that's the general feeling I get when I go to places like that or or see people that are not not like obviously not everyone at Walmart and I go to Walmart because sometimes you have to go to Walmart like it just happens these days and it's unfortunate but it's true and like but the people that are on the site whatever it's called people of Walmart when you see those people yeah. I just get when well, I hear that Duck Dynasty was the highest rated cable show of all, re- reality cable show of all time I go God damn it. Do do you yeah. immediately does that that sigh you just did does that escape your lungs the second they hand your passport back and say welcome to America like is that no I like America I like Americans for the most part. like the vast vast majority of Americans I've met have been wonderful people like because people are generally good I think but like <sighs> yeah but then then I'll then I'll walk past something that's just completely ridiculous and I'm like what. Come on, and that happens in Canada too. It happens all the time here. Like we we got those that that Domino's chicken breaded like chicken breast pizza. Like we have that too. <laughs> we had the double down. Like it did exist here. I, I, we have all that stuff. But like no 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 no. Back up here, Domino's. Domino's instead now? of having a pizza crust, has uh, breaded fried like chicken fingers or chicken nuggets, or like as the base of the pizza. So you can cut out the carbs by having it on deep fried chicken. What? Holy shit! I just googled this. This is how how did you hear about this? Because it was on the internet. How did you not hear about this? I didn't hear about this. Well, I think you get ex- you get excused because you were in another country. I was I was yeah. I was at ground zero in America. <laughs> this was happening all around me, and I wasn't even aware. No, like, when, it- once, when, when, when the McGriddles came to McDonald's, I drew a line. And I was like, never pass never this had, line. You've never had a McGriddle? I've never before? had a McGriddle. That is on the oh, other side oh. of the line. Like, oh. I've never had a McGriddle. I've never had a Double Down. I've never had some burger made with grilled cheese. Like, I've never had, like... <laughs> oh, I've, man. I've never crossed that line. And, and it's strictly speaking only for um, fast food restaurants. 
if I went to like a nice restaurant and they had some like sort of fancy gourmet version of it, I would eat it no problem. And that may be a double standard, but like. I feel like at least then it's prepared well, as opposed to some guy who threw two pieces of chicken in a fryer and slathered some mayo on and used them as bread. Like that, like it's not the same thing. Listen, every time there's a Domino's commercial on TV, they show you it's every, almost almost every commercial I've seen is inside the Domino's test kitchen of all those hardworking chefs. <laughs> That work for Domino's. Are you telling me that those people don't care about my pizza? I'm telling you those people never touch your pizza because those are different people. That's the test kitchen. Are you telling me those actors in that commercial don't care about my pizza as much as someone who works for a five star, you know, or a really fancy? Let's say uh, uh, even a two star restaurant. Like Joe Beef is a is a relatively famous restaurant from in Montreal, and they had a foie gras double down. Where instead of the fried chicken, it was lobes of foie gras as the bread of the sandwich. What? And I would eat that! Because even though it's way beyond the line, it's because these guys who have a certain level of craft and talent made it. So I know it's going to be, yes, gluttonous and terrible for me, but at least done in a way that appreciates it in some way, as opposed to just some fucking dude who's taking pancakes like, and sticking a burger patty like, between them. Like, It's like blind faith. Oh, this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. I'll just do whatever he said. Eat this? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. But yes, no, Joey, I've never had a McGriddle. That you're, you're ins- especially considering that your country is the reason why the pizza cake exists. Because of that, uh, what, Boston pizza? Boston, yeah, Boston pizza, the Canadian company. Yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Canadians made that, that tragedy happen. Lauren, there is a, what is it, eight layers, I think? It's I don't know. Something it's like a, that. It's a, it, imagine a layer cake that's pizzas. Basically, like just there you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And it's f- like epic meal time. Yes, exactly. which is also Canadian. Yeah, they're from is. Montreal. Yeah. Michelle knew the brother of Har- like Harley's brother growing up. Like they're from here. Wow. And now, now they're all big time in LA. But wow. Well, that's where you go. You know, yeah. you start small, and then you you move. I'm sure I, I've stopped watching, but I'm sure they come back every once in a while. But I, there's definitely, they're definitely mostly in LA now. Wow. Internet money, yo. Uh. Well, yeah. I mean, because you can't. You start off as a hero to people on the internet that that want to see you eat horrifying and terrible things, and then over time you realize that... Like, it, like, it drives me crazy when you see these burgers on these TV shows, like fucking diners, drivers, and dives. We're like 10 feet tall. You can't eat the burger! I want the paramount more than ridiculous <laughs> gluttony. I want to be able to eat the food appropriately. Like, I want to be able to pick it up and hold it and fit it in my mouth without making a giant mess everywhere. Well, that's 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 John John Stewart and 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 also mine and pretty much most people in this area uh, when you talk about pizza and someone says like can you can you pick up a pizza with one hand and eat it over a flimsy paper plate while you're moving while that's you're how that's somewhere. how pizza has to be yeah that that's exactly and I prefer you, a crispier thin crust but either way it should be able to be picked up and eaten but then okay thin crust is not. Like when I've seen people say like, "Oh, like so you like thin crust pizza? You must love Domino's thin crust." No, that's a Triscuit that's covered I, in like, I like, American I like the cheese. Triscuit. I like the Triscuit. Apparently, that's uh, St. Louis style. Fuck the Triscuit. I'm with you. Yeah, but like, it's it, but triscuit. even the like Italian thin crust is also a thin, crispy crust. I understand. I, I like the floppy crust sometimes. Granted, I, there's, there's always a place in my heart for fucking New York style cardboard pizza. But like, yeah. 
it's not, it's not, it's not crazy good pizza. Like, no one's gonna argue that. Okay, I just want to know. I'm glad we all we all understand how everybody stands on this. So that's fine. That's okay. It's sure as shit better than Chicago pizza. That's, that's fine. Sure. That's fine. I'll accept that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it, let it sit there. So yeah. <laughs> so 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 Lauren, you you came back. You dealt with the horrors of Cinnabon. You dealt with parasites. You dealt with Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and then finally, you got reintroduced to the menfolk. Yeah. Of America. Yeah. Yeah. That apparently think you look like a Muppet. What? <laughs> yes. That angry, what's their name? The two dudes that sit up in the fucking box. Stellar and Waldorf. All yes. Yeah, those guys. What did he say? I don't even, do you have the text in front of you, Joey, or should I look it up? Uh, oh, I can find it, but, so, so you, you've uh-huh. been trying to meet menfolk, and it's been not working out so well. Yeah, it hasn't been working out so well. I've, um, I went on one of those dating websites, you know, um, okay, Cupid, um, cause it's free, you know, and you don't have to name I, check them. You don't, you don't really don't need to name check them. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So this dating website, <laughs> um, and of I, yeah, of horrors. um, I have definitely, um, uh, I haven't actually, you know what though? Um, you know, all of the bad luck that I've had, except for the Muppet dude has been, through other channels, not even through this website. So, oh. um, yeah. Well, assholes it, are it, everywhere. They're not specifically to the, only on the internet. Facts. Well, these people aren't really assholes. Well, yeah. Okay. Here, Calling you a Muppet's a bit of an asshole. No, 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 Ryan, Ryan. Here's the, here's the email. No, no, no. Okay. Warren's take on it was Muppet. This is the actual. Uh, I adore such symmetry and sharp, expressive features on a person's face. I I I want to express how poorly written this is uh yes. because the, the, the punctuation and it's it's a it's a shit show just take my word yeah. for that one. uh you have all the characteristics of not only someone i find amazingly gorgeous but <laughs> what universally defines beauty yeah so you describe me as one of those muppets in the box seat <laughs> wait Who so you so wait wait so I'm you like describe that. muppets as symmetrical in the symbols of beauty like i don't understand what happened here <laughs> Expressive it's the features. First sentence. Yeah. What, read the first sentence again. I adore such symmetry and sharp, expressive features. <laughs> sharp, expressive features. The, all I'm missing is the bushy eyebrows, Ryan. Come on. Like, what? <laughs> 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 Let's be oh, honest. God. Like, think about it. <laughs> I like how you went to Muppet. <laughs> I, I this guy, this, this guy was clearly, this guy is clearly a weirdo. Like, let's let's be fair. <laughs> Who's being a little like he's coming out a little strong, like he's clearly a little strange and maybe a very nice guy, but clearly a little strange. Yeah, and that I like that you went to Muppet. Yep, which right is away. much less complimentary. Yeah, I, I think that you're even- an old faux man with a hand up your ass, <laughs> sitting on a balcony yelling at other foam people. Sharp. Expressive features, Ryan. Yeah, no, I. That's Taylor They both have rounded features. They're bubbly and foamy. Like they're not like angular and sharp. They're incisive. They're sharp in that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, he Whatever. Didn't, that's he didn't where I went in my head. This, so it's. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I went in my head. It could have been sharp, comma, expressive features. <laughs> you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not saying Taylor Walton aren't expressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
Yes, yeah, so Lauren's immediate response to me was, this guy called me a fucking Muppet? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And is he attracted to Muppets for some reason? This makes no sense! Yes, yeah. yes. That I can say without a doubt. That's, that's probably the case, yeah. So. Yeah. So that's one um, example of many um, situations. Well, not many, a handful, let's say, of situations that have kind of um, panned out in a not ideal manner. Well, because I'm assuming the guys in Ecuador weren't as ch- charming, quote unquote, charming as Americans. Well, it's not <laughs> quote unquote. Nobody called me a muppet. That was cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, they um, they're all very polite, um, very nice. I've found anyway, um, by and large. I mean, obviously, there's always exceptions to anything. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't. For me, I um, they. I think that they just phenotypically weren't what I was what I'm naturally drawn towards right so they're all shorter than me they have like like my feet were larger like try buying a size 40 fucking two shoe if you're a girl in Ecuador I had to go to the hardware store and get men's shoes like what like (laughs) you know what I mean like it was just they just more delicate I think than I am um I don't know I just just wasn't in general you know like my typical um demographic there so there's nothing wrong with them i think it's not you it's me ecuador like (laughs) you know but um yeah i don't know it's you at least seem more calm in ecuador or at least what you were talking to me about it was it seemed like you were like yeah all right like the people around here are okay everything around here is okay and as soon as you got back in the stage you're just like fucking men and walmart and cinnabon and all these things and parasites yeah i know but it's like I'm not saying you weren't justified. I'm just saying that's what happened. I mean, I'm a very expressive individual as well. So it's not like, um, you know, like it's the end of the world and like whatever, you know, like, but it's something interesting to talk about. I feel, I don't know. So I just talked about it, I guess. I don't know. There's lots of, it's, and it's weird because now I'm, I feel like I'm like indoctrinated back into like how I was before. I mean, I, like I, well, I was sick for a while here, and so I had like one of the um, symptoms or side effects of my um, the antibiotic I took for my parasite was extreme dizziness. So it was like I had vertigo almost constantly. I felt like I was walking around drunk all the time, and then like my cat died, you know, and then like like all these other things sort of happened, and so I kind of feel like I've been under duress in general, you know, since I've been back. Um, so of course, I feel like people who are, feel that way typically are a little bit more whiny. In general, <laughs> I wouldn't say you're being whiny. Well, you know. <laughs> so, okay. so you've been awakened. You're not whiny. You just yeah. see, you see yeah. things for what they are more clearly because you've seen something else to compare it to. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. You maybe you may not appreciate it as much, but like <laughs> that may be fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think our closing thought here is go to Ecuador. And, and yeah. don't come back. <laughs> no, go there. It's a beautiful place. It's wonderful. The people are nice. Maybe just be a little bit more cautious with playing with street dogs and eating the ceviche and dirty, dirty beach hounds. You know, do whatever you need to do. Um, yeah, I think I encourage everyone to go to Ecuador. I, I really do like it. And I, I would like to go back at some point in time in the future. So I definitely want to go to South America at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I have absolutely nothing to add at this point. I'm just. I'm. I, I hit peak amusement. So I think it's all, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The rest of this day's gonna be yeah. a shit show. So. Well, thank you guys for having me on um, the podcast. I don't know.
Well, thank you for thank you for joining us. I'm glad that you yeah. could talk to us about all about Ecuador and and dealing parasites. with the and parasites. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can be your science consultant. So if you guys have any uh, sciencey things you want to talk about in the future, let me know. <laughs> that that episode very well may happen eventually. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, it could happen eventually. So I know we've been. You're our second guest in in two podcasts. So so. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're gonna go off on our own for a little bit. But by then, after after a while, we're gonna get inquisitive. So you'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah, sounds so. good. <laughs> as well, much, as long as Joey doesn't mind editing these things too much, it might be after a few guests. Be like, no, I can't do this anymore. It really? No. See, the problem with guests is not that. I ha- I'm getting much better at editing, or at least okay. I think I'm getting better at editing. Apparently, I, I, I never listen editing. to them. Yeah, yeah, you don't listen. And other people are like, "Nah, they're still as shitty as ever." So I'm like, "All right, whatever." I'm happy with them. Uh, the problem isn't having guests and having trouble editing. The problem is with guests, we always record for like three hours yeah. and get an hour podcast out of it. And and editing an hour podcast is a bitch. So yeah, that's what. It is. That's I think it's time to wrap up. Fair enough. <laughs> So, uh, if you want to talk more about Ecuador or parasites or men or anything else, uh, you can you can find us all all three of us. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Joey Hefflick, and with me as always is me Ryan at Kobo. Oh my gosh, what am I, Lauren Nagel? <laughs> Hold on. Oh yeah, um, at Lauren Nagel. <laughs> well, until next time, or we'll see you next time. We love you all, and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to add anything to that? No, I'm not going to add anything to it. <laughs> he loves you all. Yeah, take care, everyone.